Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello, welcome back everyone. I am deep in all of the things, body image and body confidence right now, as I get everything ready for the body confidence bootcamp next week. So of course, today's episode is body image focus. But before we dive into that, let me remind you to save your spot for the body confidence bootcamp, my free three day live online event, which is happening from Tuesday, the 15th to Thursday, the 17th of August. So this is a free three-part series designed to give you all of the tools that you need to triple your body confidence so that you can like what you see when you look in the mirror and help your loved ones to do the same. Because I feel like that's one of the biggest things, right? We all want the people around us to love themselves. We all want the people around us to feel happy. And I know that's one of the biggest barriers for a lot of people to work on this is that they're so focused on everyone else instead of themselves. But ladies, we need to put on our own oxygen mask before we can put it on others, right? That's what Jetstar tells us. We need to help ourselves before we can help other people. So the tools I'm going to give you will help you and therefore everyone else in your life, your partner, your kids, your friends, your family, everyone, it's going to help you. So hit the link in the show notes to register now, and then let's dive into this episode. So I'm talking today about, I'm doing a bit of an investigation today, actually, into whether all body image coaches are straight sized. And basically what I have seen is that I feel like there's a bit of like a pipeline with learning to love your body. There's a pipeline that everyone seems to need to go through. So we've got four stages in this pipeline. Phase one is where you think that your body needs to look a certain way before you can love it. So you're focused on changing your body to meet that standard. And most people in the world are stuck here. Most people in the world. And you might still be here. You might have moved past it because you're listening to this podcast. Therefore, you're doing better than most of the people in the world. But most people are here. We know this. We know that it's the standard to feel like you need to change your body. feel like you need to look a certain way. Then once we've moved past that, we get to phase number two. This is where you can accept your body as it is right now. Now, I've had many people come to me at this stage like, They're okay with what's going on right now, but if they like put on weight or they change their body in a way that they perceived as negative, they wouldn't be happy anymore. So this is absolutely where some people come to me. Most people probably come to me back in phase number one, but phase number two, some people absolutely come along here. Once we've done that, once we've done the work, which is basically what all my clients do, once we've done the work, we get to phase number three. This is where you accept and love your body at any size and believe that all bodies are good bodies with no caveats like as long as they're healthy or as long as they're under a size 26 or whatever it is. We've accepted all bodies. We love all bodies. We love our own. We love other people's. We can accept that all bodies are good bodies. This is like what most people would consider the end goal, basically, which is wonderful. Like this is absolutely the aim. This is absolutely what we should be working towards. But there's actually another stage. There's actually the final form. 
And in the final form, it's where you get really passionate about fat liberation and challenging fat phobia and the social constructs around what bodies should look like. Now, I've been in the final form for a while now, and it's really opened my eyes to where some things don't quite sit right and there's still work to be done, which I absolutely would not have thought about or maybe even noticed in those earlier stages of the pipeline. So you really do have to, I think, work your way through this before you can get to that final stage. But I wanted to open your eyes to that stage. I wanted you guys to really notice this too, because I think it can really supercharge. It can really accelerate your growth through those other phases when we start noticing this stuff and talking about this stuff as well. So one of those things that I've worked out that kind of doesn't really sit right with me is around who the people that are helping people to find food freedom and to work on body acceptance are, I suppose. So I spoke about this in an earlier episode around how when I was working on food freedom, I put on weight and I was absolutely shocked because basically all the people that I was learning from about food freedom, about body image, all of that kind of stuff, they're in smaller bodies. And therefore, I assumed that once I worked on food freedom, I would also be in a smaller body. I feel like that's not a silly jump to make. I feel like that's a fair enough assumption to make when that's what I was seeing all of these women in these smaller bodies. And we all know that body image and food go hand in hand. Like that's why I'm a body image and food freedom coach. So these women that I was looking to, to help me with food were also the women I was looking to for inspiration on my body acceptance journey. And because they were in smaller bodies, this really made me feel like body acceptance wasn't for me because I was in a larger body than all of them. And it felt like there was a cutoff point for the size that it was okay to accept your body And I was just tiptoeing towards the wrong side of it. Now I've done a running flip over to the quote unquote wrong side of it. And I'm happier than in my body than I have ever, ever been before. So that's got me thinking, was this just my experience or is this an overarching problem in the body image and body acceptance world where we're only learning from bodies that are deemed socially acceptable? Let's investigate. Let's do an investigation. So for my investigation, I wanted to look at who comes up when you search body image, like who is popular. So I got my spreadsheets out for this. I love a spreadsheet side note, like Excel queen over here. I love them. Love an Excel spreadsheet. Love a Google sheet. Give me the formulas. Give me the color coding. It's entirely my vibe. Loved it. Love the spreadsheet. So in my investigation, I've gone through the top 20 people who come up when you search body image on Instagram. And when I was doing this, I also thought about the fact that maybe this is different for different people. So you might see different people to me because, you know, who knows how the Instagram algorithm works. Anyway, top 20 people that came up when I searched for body image. And here is what I found. So out of those 20 people, 14 of those were straight sized. So if you haven't heard the term straight sized before, we've got straight sized, we've got plus size. Straight sized is basically anything that's not plus size. So we're looking at like under like size 16 and under in Australia. And I mean, obviously this is just my impression of them because, you know, people don't post pictures of their clothing tags and we all know that different places have different sizing and everything like that. So this is just my impression from looking at their Instagrams, from looking at pictures of them, my impression of whether they're straight size or whether they're plus size. 14 out of 20 were straight size, which means only six of them were plus size. If we consider like the ratio of people who are straight size to people who are plus sized in, I mean, in Australia or in the world, but let's go with Australia because that's where I am. That ratio doesn't match up. 
It's not that only three in 10 people are plus sized. It is absolutely a bit more of a flipping the other kind of way with the ratios. And then if we looked at, like, I also wanted to look at the followers between them because, you know, that's how many people are, well, should be seeing their content, but we all know the Instagram algorithm does not work that way. Anyway, the number of people who are following them, the number of people who have expressed interest in their platform, who want to see what they're doing, who want to consume their content. When I averaged out the followers between them, there was similar number of average followers. The plus size was a bit lower, but like if we're looking at the market share then, the fact that there are way more straight size people in the top 20 than there are plus size people in the top 20, that means they've got a lot bigger pool of eyeballs. So like when we look at the just numbers versus numbers on followers, it was triple or something like that. It was, yeah, maybe even a bit more than triple in terms of how many followers the straight size people versus how many the plus size had because of the market share. So basically what that means is there are more people seeing the straight size than there are people seeing the plus size by a significant amount. And so from that data, like that was my speedy, actual data-driven investigation with my spreadsheets. But I also wanted to mention what I see from a more anecdotal perspective. And side note, (laughs) when I was planning this episode, I was like, what's the word? I couldn't think of the word for anecdotal evidence. So I was getting on Google as you do being like a boomer, being like, what's the word for when you've got evidence, but it's not actually proven. It's just stuff from stories and my own observations. (laughs) Oh my God. And one of the things that made me laugh, this is such a side note, but one of the things that made me laugh was when I put in, what's the word for? (laughs) One of the suggested searches was what's the word for when your hands are bisexual? (laughs) like ambidextrous. That just made me laugh. So anyway, that gave me a really good giggle this morning. (laughs) But anyway, my anecdotal evidence, my anecdotal perspective of things that I see, let me give you a bit of that as well. Because so when someone follows you on Instagram in the messages, you can see accounts that you have in common. And like, maybe that's only business pages. I don't know. But what I've noticed is that often people who follow me are going to be following accounts in the same space, other accounts in the same space, which makes sense, right? So I can see the same kinds of names pop up again and again and again and again. I can see that the people who are following me are also following certain other pages. And these names pop up so, so much. And the ones that are most common that I see all the time are not necessarily people who come up when you search body image specifically, which is what I did for my investigative research because they don't have body image in their title. And like, you know, sometimes they're not professionals in that space or they don't outwardly use body image as their identity. They just post about that kind of thing a lot. So the big names that I see coming up time and time and time again are people like Kate from Dedicated Lifestyle, Sarah Nicole Landry from The Bird's Papaya, Danae Mercer, Lindy Cohen from The Nude Nutritionist, Alex Light, the list goes on. Now, I just need to say here, I love all of these women. This is nothing, absolutely nothing against them personally, because they're all great. They're all wonderful and I love them, but none of them are in large bodies. Some of them are in larger bodies than they used to be. And some of them are in bodies that, you know, maybe don't quite fit the societal beauty standards necessarily, but they're basically all in bodies that are still deemed acceptable by many people, by most people. And sure, not everyone, because there's always assholes, especially on the internet. We all know that. So these women can, you know, they can wear high-waisted leggings or they can pose their bodies to hide their quote-unquote flaws or the parts that are deemed less acceptable. But not everyone can do that. 
And I just don't think that the platforms are being given to the people who can't do that. Those people aren't as visible and there are less of them out there. And side note, I'm talking about the algorithm a lot today, but the algorithm is absolutely biased against fat people. Hands down, I can say that hand on heart. See it time and time and time again. And the reason why this is a problem, not the algorithm, that's very clear why that's a problem. The reason this is a problem is because it means that anyone who's going on a journey with their body image and trying to reach body acceptance is far more likely to see messaging from a woman in a body that is already socially acceptable. And like it did with me, that can alienate her and make her feel like body acceptance is not for her. And I've spoken to so many women about this recently, women who have said that everyone they see online who promotes body acceptance is in a smaller body. So they thought that when they put on some weight, their body acceptance wouldn't be available to them anymore. I've had women tell me that it was refreshing to find my account because I showed them that you actually can be happier in a larger body and actually can love your body, even if it's bigger than you planned on it being. And I'm on the smaller end of plus size. Like what about the women who were larger than me? I imagine there are probably women who see my account and think, yeah, well, it's okay for you. You're smaller than me. Of course you can accept your body. And that's fair enough. I completely understand that. So consuming content from only or mostly people who are in straight size bodies is going to perpetuate this myth that there are still only certain body types that are okay. Even if you're consciously thinking, oh no, like I'm working on accepting all bodies, the messaging that's getting into your subconscious when you're just seeing straight size, straight size, straight size, straight size, one plus size, straight size, straight size, is that all bodies that look like this are worthy of body acceptance and not the bodies that look like that. And then you're going to be stuck at step two of the pipeline where, you know, you're accepting your body, but only if it meets certain conditions, you're accepting some body types, but there are others who you still believe deep down aren't good enough and need to change. And it feels yucky admitting that. And some of you might be like, I don't know, putting up a bit of a, to yourself, even a bit of that, like denial front, like, no, I accept everyone, but you're still having those thoughts. And I can hand on heart say that used to be me and I hate it (laughs) and I don't like admitting it, but it used to be me. So if we're stuck at step two of that pipeline, that's not a good stage for you or for the other people in the world, because it's still keeping you stuck in that fat phobic narrative and keeping the world stuck in 2005 with our attitudes towards people in larger bodies. So what are we supposed to do about it? Like, am I saying that you can't learn from people in smaller bodies than your own? No, absolutely not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you have to unfollow anyone under a size 16 on Instagram and only consume content from plus size people. I am saying that I want you to be conscious about who you're learning from. Do your own little account audit. Who are you following? What types of bodies do they have? What's their messaging? If they're straight sized, are they acknowledging and speaking about issues that impact fat people? Are they talking about fat phobia? Are they even acknowledging fat phobia? Are they speaking about how the world needs to be made more accessible for fat people, about medical discrimination against fat people, about fat liberation? Or is it just You can accept your tummy rolls and cellulite on your thighs. And again, yes, we need that messaging. Absolutely. But we need more. We need to take it to that final step of the pipeline where we care about everyone and all bodies and change society as a whole, not just our own feelings about our own bodies. We need to do more than that. And if you have no idea who the heck to follow in this space, let me give you some suggestions of some of my faves. And I will link these accounts in the show notes for you to make it nice and nice and easy so you don't have to go and find them. So Demi Lynch from Kaleidoscope News and the Fat and Eyes podcast, she is wonderful, 
Highly recommend following her. And Fat and I's podcast, side note, brilliant. If you were interested in this stuff, that is the go-to podcast for you. April Helene Horton or The Bodzilla, you might know her as from Instagram. She is oh, absolutely one of my favorites. Sam and Chloe from A Plus Market, who have also been on this podcast. So go and check out episode 73, where we do cover some of this kind of stuff. And Aubrey Gordon, or you might know her as Your Fat Friend, who hosts the excellent Maintenance Phase podcast. Go and follow those people. There are so many more. If you need more recommendations, please DM me and I'm more than happy to share them because there are just some incredible people out there doing some incredible work. And I just truly love the messaging from all of these people. So go and follow them. Now, I really hope that this has made you stop for a second and have a think about who you're learning from and how they're influencing you so that maybe we can move you a little further down that pipeline until you reach a place where you're as passionate as I am about equality for all bodies. Okay, maybe you don't have to quite reach my point of passion because that's pretty damn passionate. But even a fraction of me will still see you help to create some epic change in the world. So if you're working on your body acceptance and your body confidence, you need to make sure you've saved your spot for the body confidence bootcamp next week, where I will give you all the tools that you need to triple your body confidence. We're kicking off on Tuesday. So head to the link in the show notes and save your spot now before it disappears, before it closes down. Cause this is the last reminder you'll get before we kick off because it starts next week. Very exciting. I'm so pumped for this. This is not an event I've run before and oh, I am so, so, so excited to hear about everyone's results from it because I love helping people create change. And we're going to do that in three days. So go and save your spot and I will see you there.